When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis. Thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all are the best. I appreciate you a lot. Absolutely rocking and rolling with the podcast. In the future, I'm going to do more video podcasts. Um, We're in a huge transition right now, just in life in general. And uh, we might get another facility just for content creation. So uh, we're really looking into next year to doing more uh, filming of of podcasts instead of just having guests on, but also just me talking like this and filming it. Uh, So Anyway, looking forward to that. Uh, appreciate you guys watching as always. This is a short and sweet podcast, but something I wanted to start putting out some little bits uh, of, of pieces of content for you guys like we do on YouTube, like how to stop a dog from pulling, how to stop a dog from doing this, how to teach recall, how to do that. I just want these short little bursts of, of information for you guys uh, because I think it's important for you guys to have the audio on the road. And it's also how a lot of people listen and consume content nowadays. So I'm going to go over today, something very, very commonly asked question, something that you guys probably all deal with. And that's going to be, what do you do if your dog is reactive at the door? How do you stop the reactivity? First, we should talk about why it happens. So when your dog is reactive at the door, or if dog trainers are listening, when dogs, when your clients are reactive at the door, your dogs, it's, it's totally normal. It's totally natural. Uh, I, I tend to tell people not to try to actually stop the barking from happening altogether because I don't think that that's realistic. I think you'll be very frustrated. I think you'll be very, you're, you're going to be barking up that tree, no pun intended, for a very long time without results. The dog is always going to want to bark. And the reason why dogs bark at the door is because it's a conditioned response. So that means. Like when you guys go get your treat bag or your leash and your dog understands that that then means walk or payment or whatever, it's the same thing when somebody rings the doorbell or knocks on the door or even hears somebody outside. The dog knows that there's going to be somebody on the other side. So a dog's instinctual response is obviously to be protective and to alert for most cases, for most breeds and most dogs. So when they hear the doorbell or the knock, it represents a stranger at the door. Why? Because people who live at the house, people who often frequent the house, friends, family, etc., in my case, staff, (laughs) the they just come in, right? There's not there's not a knocking aspect. They just come in. So when somebody knocks, that typically will trigger the dog and cue the dog that some some strangers at the door. So there's that. That's why that happens. 
ding dong, somebody's there, ding dong, somebody's there. And this is something that accumulates. Obviously, your dog doesn't know maybe for the first couple of weeks that that's what that means. But over the time of your dog being alive and living with us humans, they understand that that noise represents a stranger at the door and you're going to respond. And that's, that's the other thing too, is you also respond to that. So it's kind of like a double whammy for them. Ding dong, they know somebody's here and then you're also going to respond. So it kind of creates this anxiety for them happening. This is a big event for them. And if your dog is bored, which a lot of dogs are in the United States, even my dog guys, like don't, don't uh, feel bad. I mean, I, I, it's really hard for me to exert my dog's full energy every day, but we do enough for sure to make her happy and content. It's just, she's always going to want more. But if you have one of those dogs that tend to either not get out a lot or, or just high energy, like my Dutchie, Lakota, you're going to get more reaction because they're going to just take everything in their brain and exert it into somebody's here. We must defend the castle. So again, you're not going to be able to realistically get rid of that and you shouldn't try. I made a video on Instagram the other day about that, about like, hey, the mailman's here. And I literally did a real time video of that happening. If you go back on my Instagram reels, you can see it. And what happened was is ding dong. So I said, look, she's going to bark. And she did. And she was alerting. So it was like, hey, she's telling me that somebody's here. She also does care about somebody's here. And your job as a dog owner is to basically tell your dog to stand down, essentially. And that's with that's with obedience and that's with control. So what a lot of people do is they, let's just paint this picture. Bang, bang, bang. Ding dong. The more dogs, the more chaos. And so typically what dog owners do is, hush, stop, barking, no, blah, boom, boom, boom. Information after information. And if your dog doesn't under, if those aren't cues to your dog or behaviors to your dog, you're failing. And I do, and I do it too. Like if Lakota scares the crap out of me because she hears something and I'm like, Hey, you know, it's instinctual, but just understand in a training scenario, realistically, like, like a historic, like bang, 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 it would be more Lakota go to your place downstay. And that's what I did with her. So I'm just, I'm not correcting her for barking. I'm not yelling at her for barking, telling her to quiet and shut up and things like that because you, that's why we have dogs. I would say that majority of you out there probably like that your dog barks when somebody's at the front door, but it becomes a problem over time because then your dog has this habitual like nonstop barking because you don't have control. So the barking is okay in my professional opinion. And as a dog owner, it's also okay for me too. Like, Hey, I want you to bark. Thanks for letting me know. And then you disengage. And so what you have to work on is you have to work on the place. And so what you're going to counter with is the place in the stay. It's going to send the dog away to an alternate location. So they're not right at the door. This is also good for friends coming over, family coming over, trying to get a package, pizza from the front door. The dog isn't running out. And in my case, worst case scenario, Lakota will run out and you know, maybe scare somebody just because she's got pointy ears and she's a black little missile. But my point is, is you still don't want that to happen. So if you are struggling with your dog reacting to the front door, let's just say when people come over, the first thing you have to do before you can successfully work on this is put your dog on a leash and work on the place, the down and the stay. 
but you have to work on the send away place downstay because what a lot of people do and they make this mistake is they will like a level three let's talk about different levels of obedience let's say level one is on leash no distraction food on you easy peasy like super easy environment Level two is going to be a little bit more mixed bag of maybe in the driveway or maybe with some distractions, maybe in a field where there's not much going on, on leash, but still some distractions. And then level three would be off leash. Your dog does it when you ask. They don't need form of payment or reward to do it. They just do it because they're obedient. So you got to think anytime that you're asking your dog to do something, level three is going to be off leash. So that's that's the first fail people make. Bang, bang, bang. Hey, do this. And then from a professional, I'm like, you're asking your dog to do an advanced obedience exercise here. So if you're not, if you're clearly not in the right state of mind or you don't have the obedience foundational foundation to get your dog to the place off leash, you're going to fail. So that's, I'm going to be honest with you guys when, as you're listening to this, that's probably a good majority of you guys listening is when you tell a dog to do something, you have to ask yourself and really audit. Okay. How advanced is this? Well, somebody's at the front door, huge distraction. The dog is off leash, huge step. That's a level three. So those two things right there, are huge. And if you don't have good obedience and you don't have the skill sets to get your dog to that place, then you're going to fail right off the bat. So you have to make sure anytime that you're asking or wanting or telling your dog to do something, you have to have the foundation below everything in order for that to be successful to ask it. So that's where people make the mistake right there. So that's where you would have to start. And the next, so let's just say, okay, what I would do is get your place command. Like I just have a bed in my living room. My front door is around there, right? And so what I would do is I'd get a 10 foot long line and I would get some treats. And the, I mean, teaching your dog place is one thing. I'll go really, really briefly over it, but maybe, and maybe I'll just do the next podcast and teaching your dog place. So you guys have all these little audio clips to do it in audio form. But what you're going to do is you're going to tell the dog place. They're going to say, I don't know what that is. You're going to have food. You're going to move them over to the bed. When they get there, you pay them. So you have to master that first through levels one, two, and three before you even try to attempt to tell your dog to go to their bed with that high distraction off leash. So I hope that that makes sense to you guys. That's a level three ask. If you're asking your dog to do that, they better be as obedient as Lakota or any other off-leash trained dog that listens no matter what the circumstances are. And again, if you're asking for a level three, but you're on a level one, you already know you're going to fail. And that's again where people fail. They fall off. So you have to work on that first and then start gradually building up to that. And also get creative to replay that scenario, have somebody go around, knock on the door. Um, you you go up to the door, knock on it as your dog is in the place, stay with your leash on. Move the place in front of the door, make it easy. This is what place is, bang, 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 good, stay, break. Okay, and then move it five feet away. Place, stay, bang, 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 good, stay, break. And then you just start moving the place around your, your house until it goes exactly where it's supposed to be. 
and then you replay that scenario. And the more you proof it, the better your dog is going to be. So that's how you start that process of teaching your dog how to go to the place and say, but the other thing that you can do. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's let's say, okay, I'm going to work on the place. That makes sense. I need to give my dog a job. I need to give them an alternative task because somebody's at the front door and I'll be damned if a dog isn't going to at least be protective of their house if they can't do anything else, right? So that's like the very minimal thing that they can do is somebody knocks, rings that doorbell, they're letting everybody in the house know and the person that's here that they're there. That's their job. So once that happens... Again, if you're going to do it tonight and you're still working on the place, put your dog on a leash, bring him up to the door, and don't even work on the sit because you're going to fail. This is where clients make huge mistakes. Is Again, they take the dog, they put him into a sit in a very distracted environment, and they, you as the human proceed to do stuff, although the dog is completely failing at the obedience and you put him through the whole scenario and the whole thing is a disaster. So you're reinforcing the bad behaviors because they're you tell them to sit, you touch that door handle. You're engaging with the pizza man or the delivery guy, right? That's what you're doing. You're not paying attention to your dog anymore. So now your dog got out of the sit the moment you touch that door handle. You're disengaged. The dog is taking advantage of the situation and being disobedient. You're reinforcing that this is okay because you're not enforcing anything because you're talking to the delivery person and this is where everything falls apart. So this is just in general. Like so many of my clients... I'm like, stop effing making, telling your dog to sit. Everyone sits, 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 sits. I know it can be a nervous tick for some people where they're in a nervous situation. You know, it's important to know that as your dog is going through this process that setting them up for success would be just letting them be neutral So what I would do is get a slip leash, get your prong collar, get your harness, get whatever the heck you're using, walk up to the door as the, as the person is there. And if your dog barks, you would just correct the, you would just say, Hey, leave it. Um, but for, that's something that you can work on tonight. I think what my dogs will do a lot of times over the years is if you put them on a leash and walk up to the door with them. And then you greet this person and you kind of just have them on the leash. It can help you control the scenario so they're not trying to bolt out and they're not barking and things like that. That's one thing that you can work on. If you wanted to advance your obedience, you can put your dog into a sit, open the door, get the delivery. But again, you have to 
make sure that you've trained up until that point. Like, think about this. This is such a simple podcast and, and episode, but it's so unbelievably monumental to so many dog owners because they make this mistake every single day and they pay me thousands of dollars to tell them. And I'm telling you guys, this is what, excuse me, this is what everyone does is they, anything that you're struggling with, with your dog, anything, think of it in your head. Okay. My dog. Okay, cool. doesn't come back. Pulls on the leash, barks habitually, growls at whatever, whatever it is. (sighs) Ask yourself how much let me back up. What do you want your dog to do instead of what they're doing? Period. Okay. Think about that. Okay. Now ask yourself, how much time have you spent developing whatever that is you want your dog to do instead of doing the thing you don't want them to do? Think about that. Okay. Now, if you have asked yourself for an example, my dog doesn't come back when called. That's the problem, okay? And the solution of what you want your dog to do is to obviously come back. And my question is, like I just said, is how much time have you worked on development of recall through levels one, two, and three? Inside, low distraction for about a week, high food motivation, the dog understands the behavior, we're enforcing with a leash pop if they don't respond, we're good. The next week we go to level two, We're working maybe outside in the driveway or outside in the side yard where there's not much going on and we're doing the same thing and we're getting a really good response three out of four times. Everything's great. And then you go to level three and you're practicing that over and over again on a long line until you get to a point where your dog is responsive almost every time. Okay. If you haven't done those steps, you cannot either complain about your dog not coming back, but it's also irresponsible for your dog to go off leash and just wing it. Okay. So that's the problem and solution for the same thing as the, as the dog barking at the front door is somebody's here. Okay. Just right. FedEx, UPS again, well, who cares? And your dog is going to say, Hey, somebody's here. What, what countering obedience are you going to do? Your dog is misbehaving. What do you want them to do? Well, I want him to stop barking. Okay. How's your leave it? Well, I haven't really, okay, end a conversation. Next, what's your next problem? And then that usually trips people up because they're like, holy shit, I'm the problem. It's like, yeah. So think about those things, guys, as you're working through the dog barking. The other, the other thing I want to talk about, which is usually the next question of, well, my dog's in the place, they still bark. So you have to go through the process very compartmentalized and very individually because every dog is different. Every dog reacts to a different way. So let's say, let's say you got your place and your down stay really well, but your dog is still barking. So what's the problem? The place is good. The down, the stay is good. Everything's good. So what's the problem? Think about it. You have to get granule and you have to really isolate the problem. Well, the barking is the problem. Okay. So if the barking is the problem, then we're going to work on maybe leave it. Okay. Or we're going to work on maybe changing the scenario where you bring your dog up to the door with you so they can see and smell and hear who's there. And then maybe they're not so barky because that's what might happen with dogs who get like habitually barking is you send them away to the place and they're still maybe because they're insecure, overprotective, your relationship isn't great with your dog. So they're way overprotective than they need to be. So if that happens, then 
you're going to go to the, you're going to put your dog into a place downstate. You're going to go to the door and your dog is still going to be freaking out, right? My dog and my relationship with my dog is good enough where if I say, hey, go to your place and lay down, I got this. She knows she's still interested. Her ears are still perked up. She's not sleeping, but she knows I got this because I'm a good leader for my dog and I always have been, which is why we have a very healthy relationship, which is why me and my dogs, since I was a little kid, have always had a good relationship. That's why I got into dog training, guys. It's because everyone's like, how do you get your dogs off leash? And they listen. And I'm like, I just, just be, just do these things, you know? So anyway, this is very important to understand that if your dog is continuing to bark, that means that there's more than what you're seeing on the outside. There's more of a, yeah, mom, dad, you can't handle the problem though. That's the thing. That's the problem, right? So there's more than that. So, so you can either go on leash to the bed and then work on the next step, which is do the whole thing again. And then the final picture is correcting the barking. Or what I would personally do is maybe put the dog in the leash, go to the door with you and then advance it to a sit. Or, and I say sit because before, again, a lot of people do the sit, but their sit sucks and they fail hundred percent. So it's okay to do sit, but don't do it every single moment that you have. Do it randomly. So uh, anyway, just to be clear on that, but you can bring your dog up with you and then they may air scent and then they're like, okay, but you need to have that leash because if your dog decides to run away or whatever, like these are all things that you should, if you have good control, you should be able to verbally control your dog. So for me in Lakota, like if I go to the front door without placing her and she's still sniffing and maybe barking, I can still control her verbally regardless of what she wants to do. I can say, uh-uh, I can say no, I can say leave it, I can say stay, whatever I want her to do, she'll do because she respects me. Why does she respect me? Is because over the years we have balance. I have tons of positive reinforcement, but I also have enforcement. So she knows that if she doesn't do it, there's punishment or there's accountability. And I, have, I haven't had to punish or correct this dog in probably five to six years. She's almost eight, right? When she was a puppy, I had to get things sorted out with her and she's like, okay, got it. Now this is her life because I did that in the beginning. So you guys just work on your relationship and your control, but realistically, that's what you guys should be doing. Now, let's say the third kind of picture that we hear about and talk about is dogs barking at people walking by, barking at people walking past your apartment door, seeing people outside your apartment or your building or your house, they bark. So A, you have to realize that your dog is telling you something. This is something that we cover in our leash reactivity course. Your dog is telling you something. So they're bored, likely. Um, they're protective or both. So whenever your dog is habitually barking all day long, they're bored. So think about how you can mentally and physically start to exhaust this behavior in order to outlet what they're trying to do. There's that. And the other thing, like a dog digging or a dog constantly running away. I'm like, okay, this your dog is bored. Uh, the other thing too is, how's your recall? So again, it comes back down to if I said, hey, I want you to recall your dog off the window then. Oh, they, they won't recall. Done. Next. Not a conversation. And I say it like that because it's literally like that. Like, hey, this this egg in this pan isn't cooking. And I'm like, your flame isn't on. Oh, done. Next. I'm not going to sit there and talk about how to flip the egg, how to season the egg, how to eat the egg, how to prepare the... I'm not going to talk about that because you haven't done the absolute necessity foundational skill sets and and practices in order to make that successful. So again, if your dog is at the window barking because they're bored and they haven't done anything all day and they haven't gone on walks and they haven't done training, this is common. This is why your dog is barking all the time anyway. 
and you can't recall your dog, that's how you're going to have to live your life with your dog because you just haven't put in enough work in order for it to be successful. So just, you know, be aware of that. Be mindful of that. Uh, I hope this episode is helpful for you guys. I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we're gonna, we're in Australia all of November. And don't forget, in New York, December 10th weekend, all the working spots are sold out. But we have audit spots where you guys can come and watch available. I appreciate you guys listening. And we'll talk to you next episode. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.